स्मार्ट कास्ट लिसनिंग टू अंदुस्तान टाइम्स प्रोडक्शन ब्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट वेलकम टू दिस एपिसोड ऑफ किक्स फॉर फ्री इन विच वी डिस्कस ऑल थिंग्स फुटबॉल आई एम भार्गव शर्मा एंड विथ मी इज दिमान सरकार The Premier League Boxing Day weekend started with a two-all draw between Leicester and Man United, and ended with a one-all draw between Wolves and Tottenham. In between, there were quite a few surprising results as well, with uh, Everton, Man City, and Aston Villa being the only clubs in the top half of the table to register wins. Sam Allardyce's West Brom held Liverpool to a one-all draw at Anfield. and arsenal finally ended their almost two month long winless streak in the league with a 3-1 win over chelsea uh, there's no respite for premier league teams because all of them are in action again this midweek uh, but demand let's begin this episode by discussing the boxing day games uh, firstly the big london derby uh, chelsea at one point this season were looking like potential title contenders Uh, but after the first few weeks uh, they have started struggling in recent games yes and frank lampard uh, ripped into chelsea after the game uh, mm. saying that you know the players have let themselves down mm. uh, he said all the basics were wrong he said mm. sprints pressing running speed of pass they were all wrong and you know it it all kind of was summed up in the way uh, saka scored the third goal rather in the way Arsenal were allowed to move into Chelsea's back third with minimum resistance if i may say Arsenal had more time and space on the ball through the game because Chelsea were too passive and then it does not help Chelsea that you know Timo Werner's playing on the left hmm. uh, that of course is down to Lampard now he's he's right in saying the players needed to take more responsibility hmm. but playing Timo Werner where he does is down hmm. to Lampard and because uh, you know Chelsea did not pay 50 million euros to play him on the left i thought they wanted a striker to be fair to lampard uh, warner did play as wide left at leipzig and even for germany and since you were there in 2018 you would remember that it was his cross that kind mm. of fetched the goal uh, against uh, sweden yeah. but but the problem against arsenal that night i thought was that you know warner simply had too much to do against a team that had such youthful vigor Mm. Uh, and and because warner did not track back enough chilwell had a lot to do and mm. often that was a problem on the other side you know uh, saka and martinelli were attacking reese james mm. and that was and and also because pulisic was doing a warner as in mm. not helping the full back mm. it added to problems on both sides mm. and i love the fact that arteta uh, played emil smith row he was one of the players who we remember being part of the england under 17 2017 under mm. uh, 17 world cup squad which they won mm. uh, he played smithrow martinelli and saka as the three attacking midfielders and and i loved it because 
you know, Smithrow is 20 and mm. Martinelli and Saka 19. And it's great to see such young players, you know, kind of bossing over uh, an established team in the Premiership. And mm. uh, with Chelsea, I would say that, you know, barring Hudson Odoi, who also, again, is a under-17 World Cup player, mm. they look jaded. And that, I think, is a challenge that Lampard needs to sort out because he has a squad that can mount a title challenge. Hmm. While Arsenal possibly are, you know, two seasons away from being a squad with the potential to win the title, uh, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you never know when it comes to, you know, the possibility of a league title challenge. I mean, uh, when Jurgen Klopp took over Liverpool in 2015, uh, very few would have guessed that they would end up being European champions and English champions within five years. True. So, Arsenal definitely have some uh, promising youngsters. Uh, and a manager who started off with an FA Cup victory. Uh, but mm-hmm. as recent weeks have shown, they have a lot of things to improve upon. Uh, and this season, uh, they're still uh, somewhere behind the early pace yeah. setters. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a season where no team has really managed uh, to get off to a flying start like Liverpool or Man City in the last three seasons. Uh, and teams in the top quarter of the standings uh, haven't really been very consistent. Uh, on right. Saturday, for example, uh, it felt like a missed chance for Manchester United to build on their momentum uh, with that 2-2 draw at Leicester. Uh, it did seem like a fair scoreline in the end. Uh, but United missed a few chances, Marcus Rashford in particular. And I think what must really sting United about the result is the late goal that they conceded. I mean, <laughs> credit to Leicester, they responded very well on both occasions when they went behind. But United were looking vulnerable at the back, especially when Leicester were chasing that second goal towards the end. And I think it's just another instance where United have shown that they could do with a couple of uh, defensive reinforcements. Uh, I think a new centre-back and perhaps a right-back uh, who can uh, deputise for uh, Aaron Van Bissaka. These two uh, are, I think, the problem areas for United. Okay, okay. Well, hmm. Here's a stat. Uh, hmm. United have shipped two goals or more in seven games this term. Hmm. In last season, across the entire league, it was 10 games where they shipped two goals or more. Hmm. They've already done that in seven games. Hmm. Okay, against Leicester, you could be critical and say, you know, Bruno Fernandes didn't need to be cute uh, in the back third trying to roll the ball between somebody's legs. Hmm. But as Tim Sherwood said on TV, uh, hmm. you criticise him for that and you risk him foregoing his natural game. You know, he hmm. and, and risk him being a version of the kind of tentative player Dele Ali is now. Hmm. So, while there's, and there is no overstating Bruno Fernandes' influence on this United squad. So, my point here is, hmm. why was Barnes allowed so much time and space? Okay, he let hmm. go of an absolute ripper. Hmm. But could United not have closed him down earlier? Hmm. So, yes, it's crucial, you know, to whether they can mount a challenge to the title. It is crucial that they need to get better defensively. And, hmm. and crucial to that is having a backup for Juan Bisaka. Hmm. Lindelof was attacked from the get-go at King Power. And so, so it's obviously an area of concern. Yeah. Uh, the teams that have conceded more than United are Leeds, hmm. West Brom, Sheffield United, Palace and Newcastle. And then, you know, <laughs> none of them are exactly in the running for the title. So, hmm. so, yes, while United's attacking line is firing well, and yes, there are times when you'll be opened up when you go uh, on the attack that much. Hmm. 
but the back line continues to be an area of concern. I mean, yes, great news. United have scored 30 goals. It is the mm. same as Chelsea and only Liverpool have scored more. Yeah. But the defence is a problem. And, and you know what, uh, on, on the issue of Liverpool, uh, do you think, Bhargav, that you know, they are attacking the title as Klopp so memorably said he wanted to? Because mm. five draws and one loss in 15 games uh, mm. don't really point to that, does it? Uh, mm. Against West Brom... They could have put the game to bed in the first 25 minutes had they been more clinical. But is this an unusual Liverpool that we are seeing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I still believe that Liverpool are still the favourites uh, for the title. Uh, but the way this season is going, I mean, you mm-hmm. never know. It's so difficult to predict anything at this moment. And uh, Liverpool have been very inconsistent. Uh, of course, injuries haven't helped them. But uh, of the right. five games that, that they have drawn, as you said, they could have won at least three of them. Uh, yes, but you know, as I said, nothing really surprises me this season. And uh, Manchester City, for example, they have failed to win half of their league games uh, so far. Mm. That's yeah. Guardiola said, you know, Santa Claus is not coming to score goals or something uh, <laughs> before going into this weekend's games. Yes. Yeah, and uh, they won this weekend, obviously, but uh, they haven't uh, really dominated games uh, no. this season. They have looked uh, a bit off color at times. Uh, but one aspect that you'd have to give them credit for uh, is the fact that they have improved their defending uh, at least, uh, you know, significantly after that five-two loss uh, to Leicester. Mm. Uh, they have conceded the right. uh, fewest goals in the league this season. Uh, so that's some improvement uh, after those early struggles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one team that for me has really failed uh, to build on their early momentum this season is Tottenham. Uh, I mean, they could mm-hmm. really have been top of the standings by now. I, I believe they have uh, one of the best uh, squads uh, uh, in the league, uh, two, three players for every position. So that's great for Mourinho. Uh, but they have mm. not killed games off uh, this season. And I'll just give you a few examples. I mean, look at the games that they have drawn this season. Uh, of course, uh, the I mean, barring the goalless draw against Chelsea, mm. you know, Newcastle at home, uh, West Ham at home when they were 3-0 ahead till the 75th minute. Uh, three uh, or, yes, yes. yes. Uh. Then Crystal Palace away, Wolves away. All these games, uh, you know, Tottenham were leading till late in the game. And they could have finished mm. these games off. Uh, they didn't. Mm. Uh, and they conceded uh, late goals. So that's eight points dropped. Uh, and uh, I mean, forget right. about the Liverpool game, which uh, even there, they had a couple of good chances to take the lead. Uh, and then they ended up conceding a late goal. Uh, yeah, the best team did not win as Mourinho did not forget <laughs> to point out to Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, even ignoring that result, you know, I think uh, Spurs will be cursing themselves for those drawn games. Uh, I mean, they were mm. so happy to sit mm. back and defend their lead. But I mean, it, uh, it didn't really work out for them. So I think uh, Jose Mourinho will be disappointed that so far he hasn't really managed to get the best out of what is a fantastic squad. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, I think Mourinho plays in that particular way, you know, sitting Mm. back, Mm. uh, letting the teams, and then then going on the counter, using the pace. He's pretty much played that way as coach everywhere he has gone. So, Mm. uh, and it helps that he has, when he has players of the kind that he looks for them here, you have Son Space, you have Harry Kane. So, Mm. you you have the kind of players that, when Didier Drogba was around at Chelsea and he used Drogba mm. to that effect. So, so mm. Mourinho's team sitting back is not unusual. But you're right, I mean, the, the number of goals that they're conceding mm. will be worrying him because that sitting back is obviously not working. But, mm. you know, that said, 
Mm-hmm. They were leading the table some time back and it's mm-hmm. been a very close kind of race. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he could turn things around. Mm-hmm. But the one team that I think is really punched above the weight is Everton. And I say punched mm-hmm. above the weight because they have missed a number of key players. And yes. yet Carlo Ancelotti has been able to get four wins in a row. This mm-hmm. after having dug themselves into a hole when they lost three games on the bounce. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Hamesh has not been around all the time. Lucas Dean has not been around. Seamus Coleman is coming back from injury. Richarlison, mm-hmm. Alan, they have all been unavailable for fairly long uh, periods of time in, in mm-hmm. the season. And so, so credit to Carlo and his son, David, and their support staff for being able to find replacements. I mean, the other mm-hmm. night, you know, Tom Davies for Alan, for instance. Okay, they were playing mm-hmm. uh, Sheffield. But mm-hmm. the point is, they still managed to get the, 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 the result. And I also like the way uh, Ancelotti used the subs, you know, Gomez, Bernard and, and Coleman coming in because it gave Everton another way of playing the, the route one kind of game that they were playing till the subs mm. happened because they were trying to route all the kind of all deliveries to Calvert-Lewin and hope he does something. So, mm. so yes, that's, so I, th- I think Everton have been very interesting in the way they have been able to turn things around. Mm. Brendan Rodgers has continued his good work at Leicester uh, and against United Jamie Vardy again showed that, you know, he needs only one chance. Hmm. So, what has surprised me, I would say, is that, you know, Southampton winning as many games as Chelsea, uh, I didn't see that coming. And the other thing that has surprised me is Leeds winning 1-0 at Burnley. I mean, I I wonder whether we'll see the beginning of Leeds grinding out uh, uh, wins because that's that's almost anathema to the whole idea of uh, how Bielsa approaches football. So, I'm interested to see how that plays out. That's true. And obviously, 1-0 Leeds win is uh, always a surprising result. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was watching the Leeds game the other day. I, I thought, again, there were quite a few moments where they looked uh, a bit vulnerable defensively. But the thing about Leeds is they always have a goal or two in them. So, I think they should be fine yeah. this season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they're yeah. really good. They're really good to watch. I mean, despite their oh, they're, they're exhilarating to watch. Absolutely. Exhilarating, absolutely. Yes, yes. But anyway, I mean, this weekend uh, the January transfer window is about to start, and um, we have seen in the past that this window is uh, usually not as busy as as a summer transfer window. Uh, but yeah. you can always expect uh, one or two big moves. Uh, I mean, United signed. Bruno Fernandes uh, last January and he completely transformed the team. Uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, arrived right. in Liverpool uh, three years back and he was so crucial to Liverpool's uh, Champions League and Premier League triumphs. Hmm. Uh, this winter, there will be a few players looking to move from their current clubs uh, and it will be interesting to see whether they find suitors by uh, February 1. Uh, Iman, yeah. do you do you really see any big name uh, moving this winter? You know what the uh, it was today. I think yes. So I uh, I was just wondering what to make of you know Messi praising Guardiola, uh, mm. and but then I read that you know in the same interview he said he would want to wait uh, till the end of the season before deciding on his future, and he's even expressed a desire to play in the MLS. Though mm-hmm. I don't know how MLS teams can afford him, but that's another question. So so mm. yes, back to your question. Um, First up, I wonder how much longer will Mesut Ozil be the elephant in the room yeah. of Arsenal? I have often wondered, you know, whether things would have come to such a pass hmm. in Wenger's time. And I really don't think it would have. I mean, yeah. here is a team that is so lacking in creativity in the midfield. Hmm. And they have created a situation which hmm. has nothing to do with 
okay there have been rumors about the ozil apparently not training hard enough mm-hmm. but other than that it has all been off the pitch reasons for why mm-hmm. ozil has been sidetracked completely and and mm-hmm. yet that and this is happening on the team continues to suffer mm-hmm. so i don't know how long this is going to continue so would arsenal sell him in january rather would they be able to find a club that is willing to take him will the world cup winner you know take a pay cut and move for game time or does he feel he's being targeted unfairly and see this out i mean it is contentious i mean he he said mm. something about in support of uh, muslims uighur muslims in china and everybody sort of you know kind of uh, abandoned him but this is a this in a premier league where black lives matter continue to be raised for all the right reasons uh, mm. this is a league where police action in nigeria have been uh, have been protested by or you know highlighted by players and the you know the club mm. or the league has had nothing to say with them mm. so it's it's kind of selective so i i do tend to feel for ozil as well so maybe he would want to see that so ozil could be one player who could move uh, in january and uh, you know if he goes who is going to be that creative midfielder that arsenal needs so badly uh, i think mm. it is priority for edu uh, right now to get one ricky puig maybe i don't know because uh, he and koeman have had their problems mm. or would it be leipzig uh, christopher kunku or or you know julian brand from dortmund mm. uh, that is one area that arsenal could seal in january the mm. other thing as we've already discussed is who do united get as right back kieran trippier uh, would he come back but then what happens to his 10 week suspension on him by fa i don't know that is an unclear situation and there'll always be that question of whether pogba will stay till he actually does because you once in a while his agent will come up with some statement that he's unhappy etc and so that pogba issue continues to be be one of the talking points at pretty much every transfer window now mm-hmm. uh, ancelotti has said everton is not buying uh, mm-hmm. and though van dijk and gomez are injured it does look like liverpool are not in the market either but they could you know i think one of the things about january would be you know clubs looking to sell off players rather than buy so uh, or at least loan them out so divock origi could be somebody who who may move and who knows maybe wijnaldum because uh, koeman wants uh, the dutchman at barcelona so if that happens that could be interesting inter yeah. uh, according to reports are uh, okay with eriksen leaving so yeah. it could be could mean a return to the prem for the man who's going to italy was so mm. well documented in the documentary on spurs all yeah. or nothing so uh, and and then chelsea i don't know if if declan rice comes to chelsea you could have mm. them dominating or livening up the transfer window for the second straight time or you know if morino uh, does something and manages to get delhi ali offloaded uh, mm. that could you know possibly if a club from across the channel is making an offer that spurs cannot refuse that could be interesting also to look out for in january yeah i mean quite a few situations developing there uh, in the transfer market and uh, there could be a lot of activity which would definitely uh, spark some interesting conversations for us mm-hmm. uh, in the new year uh, till then stay safe see you next time then this was an episode of kicks for free do like and follow us on at ht smartcast on facebook instagram and twitter and write to us at podcast@hindustantimes.com you can also follow us on our twitter handles at dhimanht and at bhargav sharma you can listen to more podcasts by logging into htsmartcast.com
This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.